Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. Buenos dias. Como estas? Bien, bien. He too. Good, good. That's about all the Spanish I know. But that is how I would open up my uh, messages each time I would speak in Cuba. Uh, my son made fun of me. He said, Dad, I'm, he wrote me a letter, and when I got there, I read it the second day. He said, well, Dad, I guess by now you're in Cuba, and you've probably already used the 15 Spanish words you know. And what was funny was as I read that, I was like, I really have already used the 15 Spanish words I know. Uh, We had a team of four of us go to Cuba. Our goal was to reestablish the relationship that we had before COVID was a church there that is an amazing church that plants churches, that uh, is involved in prison ministry. I mean, it is like in so many different avenues, Uh, very exciting church to partner with. Uh, But it's also been a very hard season for Cubans. Uh, during COVID, the, they totally locked down. Uh, folks are really struggling. When you know, when you when you give people a bottle of shampoo and a, a toothbrush as a as a gift, and and adults are excited to receive that, you know, it's a it's a tough season, right? And for us as a church going with them, our goal was to undergird them, to partner with them, and because you gave the uh, impact offering, we were able to bless them financially with some some things that they needed, some medicines and stuff that we took over there with us when we went, as well as helping with the church when we got there. And so it was a great, great time. And I I just thank you. I thank you for letting us go. I thank you for sending the team. Uh, But one of the things that I saw in them was that their hope really is as a country in getting to immigrate to the United States. Uh, they they would tell you that they fought this battle long enough with communism, and they're like, man, my hope is if I can just get to the United States. And so going there, having come from the United States, one of the things I share with them is that people in the United States are looking for peace just like anybody else. That more money doesn't mean more peace. More freedoms doesn't even mean more peace. Are they blessings? Definitely. But is it guaranteed peace? Definitely not. Matter of fact, I looked, at, looked up some statistics when I uh, got back. Uh, I had somebody get me some statistics. And since 2017, just in the last four years, there's been a 35% increase in antidepressant medications prescribed. Worldwide, in 1990, 25 million cases of depression. And then year 2020, more than 264 million. More than 10 times. Oftentimes, we think, well, in wealthier places, people are happier, but uh, it's in the wealthier nations that suicide is either number one or number two in the killers. Europe, suicide ranks number one and reasons for death. Seems like, and it's proven out, the higher the income, the higher the suicide opportunities and chances. Why is that? If we have so much today, 
if we have so many financial blessings, so many physical blessings, so many resources at our disposal, why is it that we don't have peace as a world? I have people ask me that. They say, Pastor, why is it that if God's in control, why is there this lack of peace in the world? There's wars going on, there's depression, there's suicide, there's all this stuff. Why is that if God created us and he created us for love, joy, hope, and peace? Well, I think God has an answer for us and, and we're gonna dig into that today. We're gonna look at that. And then perhaps the greatest sign of difficulties in the world today is gender dysphoria. Amazing, in 2017, just four years five years now, 2017, only 15,000 people were diagnosed with gender dysphoria, meaning I don't think I was born with the right um, gender. Just four years later, it tripled to 42,000. Is it that there's some epidemic that's causing this? It's interesting that even a, a commentary person named Bill Mayer, who's not a follower of Jesus, pointed out the fact that why is it that in certain states, it's so much higher than other states? Is it really a problem or is it being trained? They have books now for three and four-year-olds to try to explain to them that if they're not happy as three and four years old, it could be because they should have been born the other gender. Does the Bible have an answer? I believe it does. I believe God's word teaches us. But that's where parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, we have to be strong enough to go against culture. We have to be strong enough in the word of God to understand, to teach our children what is truth and to help them understand that God created man and woman. And it's a beautiful gift. And that yes, girls may be tomboys and Boys may like to even play with dolls. Everybody's wired a little different. But God's got a plan, and he created male and female for a purpose. I mean, I'll tell on my boys, they like to play with dolls. <laughs> they did. When my daughters got, got Barbies, I, I came around the corner one day, and they figured they could bend that Barbie in half and shoot it at each other like a gun. <laughs> And they did. It was funny. <laughs> we, we've got to be careful because as followers of Christ, we can be really quick to throw stones. Jesus didn't throw stones. He reached out his hand in love and truth. Because I believe all of us in this room, we all are seeking peace. We're all seeking truth. We're all seeking hope and love. But it can be found only in a relationship with God. Because you see, when he created you, he hardwired you for a relationship with him. And that's why. So if you would turn with me, Genesis 2. We're just going to start from the beginning and, and see God's plan and his perfection and how he created mankind in peace and for peace. And then we're going to see how it got messed up. And then we're going to see how God offers a solution. 
So in Genesis chapter 2, verses, starting in verse 8, it says, Then the Lord God planted a garden in the Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful, and they produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Wow, what a beautiful place of paradise. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to speak to us about how we can experience that paradise in our heart. Lord, I'm grateful. I'm so glad that when you created this world, you didn't say, you know what? Asphalt, let's cover everything with asphalt. But instead, Lord, you gave us this beautiful tapestry, beautiful green grass, trees that flower, flowers that bloom. You gave us love, and, and Lord, it, it can't be explained, but what is this crazy thing you give us called love? How we are so willing to, to take a bullet for our, our kids, those we love. Why, why would we do that, Lord? It is not survival of the fittest. That is not how you created us. You created us to love one another and to give our lives for others. And you created us for peace. But God, there, peace just seems sometimes like it's, like it's like the wind, like we're reaching for it. But God, I, I have found and you have shown me it to be true in all that if we seek you, Peace comes in you. And I pray that I can, I can share that with people today in a way that they understand and that more people walk out of here trusting in you for peace than in this world that we live in. Pray that in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, if you have your listening guide, that's the sheet of paper we pass out when you come in. First thing I want you to see is that God created mankind in peace. When he created Adam, he created him in peace. It's a peaceful place he puts him in. It's a peaceful life he offers him. He gives him peace, and it's a wonderful thing. Everything's perfect in the garden. You have these trees with, with all these fruits. Let me tell you, when I went to Cuba, man, they've got the fruits. It's amazing the fruits that they have. I mean, every morning, you had mango, papaya, pineapple, orange. It was uh, the one thing they've got is fruit, fruit, fruit. Uh, the one tree that they're missing there that I'm, I'm sure they're going to find in the Amazon sooner or later, and you know what I'm going to say, is the bacon tree. <laughs> I know they're going to find a bacon tree one day in the middle of the Congo or something and go, finally, we have discovered it, and that thing's going to just sell like crazy, right? Because we know it was a perfect place, and you couldn't kill animals, so just, anyway. God created man and woman in a place of beauty and perfection. Uh, Genesis 2, 22 to 25 says, then the Lord made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. Uh, she will be called woman because she was taken for man. This explains why a man will leave his father and mother and joined his wife, and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. This was a place of perfection, a place of peace, a place of love. This was God's intention for mankind. It's what he intended us to get to experience. But mankind blew it and it starts with Adam and Eve, but 
I tell people if it hadn't been Adam and Eve that had gone after that that apple or whatever fruit it was, it probably would have been Melissa and Steve (laughs) because I'm a very curious person. So second thing, sin always steals our peace. Look at uh, Genesis 3. This is where they, they sin by disobeying God. It says, a serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked a woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat from fruit from the trees of the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you'll die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing good from evil. Let me pause right there. This is the the lie the devil uses all the time. He tries to get you to disbelieve the truth of God's word and to pursue the shiny thing that is so much better, right? It's like, oh, God, God God didn't mean that. No, listen, God's fooling you. He's keeping you from that fun thing because he doesn't want you to enjoy all the best things in the world. And that's the way it is today when it comes to sin. It's like, oh, well, you you haven't experienced this one? Oh, well, the Bible's just a full and written by a bunch of prudes, and that's why they say wait until marriage to have sex. That's why God doesn't want you to experience that, that beauty. Of course he does within the marriage relationship. That's his plan. Why? Because in that relationship, there's trust, there's, there's love, there's commitment, and no shame. They were naked and felt no shame. Now, I won't go there. All right. Sin will steal your peace. So we go on, verse five. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing good from evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open. They suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. That is what sin does. Sin brings shame. Sin brings separation. Sin steals your peace. Now, I think it's important to note here that man was doing just fine not sinning till woman came along, right, men? Do you see that, right? He he didn't even sin, until a woman came along. But then don't get too cocky, men, because it took six verses for Satan to convince the woman to sin and half a verse for the man to sin. <laughs> All she had to do is say, you want something? He goes, uh-huh. That was it. That was it. So you can't be casting stones either way. Each person made their decision, and that's the way it is today. It's something we're losing in our culture called individual responsibility. Listen, I don't know what your background is. I don't know what your upraising is. I, I can't tell you that 
I understand the temptations you walk through compared to me or anybody else, but I know this. As you walk into salvation, Christ gives you what you need to walk in righteousness and purity. He gives you what it takes to have a life of integrity and character. And if we keep blaming our past and casting blame on parents and grandparents and this, that, and the other, we'll always be victims and we'll always fail. In Christ Jesus, we have all power and authority to experience victory. He offers us that. They could have said no. They could have said no. We have the power to say no. Well, what happens when we sin? It separates us because of this shame. Is that what happened with, with Adam and Eve and God? Here they were walking in the garden, and next thing you know, they sin, and they're hiding from God. And that's what we do in our lives too, isn't it? Let's just use an example at work. Your ball says to you, hey, this is a busy day. This is a busy season. We have got to all be on our best. We've got to give 110%, guys. Uh, I'm going to leave you all to work on this project. I'll be back in a little while. He leaves, and he comes back in, and you and everybody else are on your phones just playing video games. Do you go, hey, boss, it's good to see you. We were just playing video games and having a good time. Is that what you say? What do you do? Start looking busy, right? And when he calls you out, you feel the shame. Because you know you broke trust. It's the same thing with parenting. I remember the time my, mom, my wife made some, some cookies, some chocolate chip cookies. Smelled up the whole house. They smell so good, right? I mean, everybody loves chocolate chip cookies. Isn't that like the, the cookie choice of the world? I'm just saying. Peanut butter folks are okay. I know, I know. It's okay. But chocolate chip cookies. And uh, she, she had told him, though, listen, those aren't for now, they're for later. I can't remember if we had life group or it was after dinner or whatever, but they're not for now, they're for later, so don't anybody eat them, right? We leave, 30 minutes later, we're coming back through the kitchen, and all of a sudden, that cookie pile went from here to here, right? And uh, we obviously noticed something was going on, so we called all the kids in, we said, okay, kids, we got a question does anybody know what happened to the other cookies that were on the plate? And it, you can't make this stuff up. One of the kids literally had chocolate all over their face, <laughs> chocolate on their fingers, and they're all like, uh-uh. Now, to their credit, the other kids didn't rat the other one out, although they're looking at it going, oh, this is obvious. Somebody's about to die. <laughs> and, I, and so I looked at the one that had the chocolate on and said, did you eat any of those cookies? Uh-uh. <laughs> got chocolate all over him. Uh-uh. And of course, what happens then? Looks on the ground and doesn't want to have a relationship with you. That's what sin does. Sin separates us. It's a feeling of shame. And listen, I didn't feel separated from my kid. I, I, I was trying not to laugh. You know, I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness, you, if you only knew how silly you look with all that chocolate on your face. I didn't want to break relationship with my kid over cookies, but they felt the shame. That's what happens with us and the Lord. When we sin against God, it puts this wall. Isaiah 59, 2 says, but your iniquities have separated you between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. There's this wall that comes up 
And for many of you today, I'm gonna tell you that I believe if you're not experiencing peace in your life, part of that reason, quite possibly, is there's some sin in your life. Something that's there that the Spirit of God has been whispering to you to get rid of, to change, to adjust, and you're still just hanging on. And it will steal your peace. You need to know that. You need to know that's why we teach God's word of righteousness is right. Because sin will steal your peace. Well, third thing, though, the good news is God can restore that peace in us. That's why Christ came, Luke 2, 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Now, let me say what that message didn't say is that we'll now have world peace in all nations. I'd, I'd love to have world peace. I mean, I think we all would. We'd love to see the end of the, of the war in Ukraine. We'd love to see no more global wars. We'd love to see no more global poverty. But as long as people have free will and choose to sin, there will be pain and suffering in this world. Because when someone sins, it affects other people. We saw that in the mission trip we just went on. We see that in our country today, right? When some people are greedy, it affects those around them. When some people are lazy, it affects those around them. Sin affects not just us, but our relationship with God and our relationship with others. But God comes to restore peace in our hearts and peace in our lives. And I believe we can all have peace in a daily basis. I believe no matter what, what you're going through, let me tell you one of the things I really appreciate about the Cuban church was they love to sing, they love to worship, and they, when they go to church, starts at nine and we got out about noon. I mean, like they weren't in a hurry. That was what they were there for. They're there to worship God, celebrate him. Uh, and they had, they had 25 baptisms that day. I was like, wow, that was awesome. Yeah, we're gonna have to get on the ball around here, right? Uh, but it was, it was a glorious, glorious time because their peace wasn't in the fact that they had everything. The average Cuban makes $45 a month. A month, not a day, not a week, a month. They get a rice, beans, and oil supplement. Housing is free. They say medical care is free, but there's no medicines uh, that are free, and there's no... You, you, the surgeon is paid for, but not the the uh, the anesthesia or anything. Uh, it's a tough, tough season in the life of their country right now. But they, as believers, have peace. And I believe that's why they're growing so rapidly right now is because everyone else is giving up hope. But those in the church have peace. They have hope because it's not in the world that they're living in. The peace and hope is in Jesus Christ. And they have something to celebrate and something to know. Now, it's so important because all around the world, there's this false doctrine going around that says, if you will just give your life to Jesus, that he's gonna give you health and wealth and take all your problems away. Like, you won't have any problems. Like, everything's gonna be perfect. And I'm sorry, but that's not what Jesus preached. If it was true, I mean, I would like that. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I mean, I've been battling 
this head cold stuff for a couple of weeks. And I, I would be glad if because I'm a preacher, I didn't have to get head colds. Anybody else? I mean, like everybody sign up to be a preacher tomorrow if you get rid of the head cold, right? But as followers of Christ, we don't get taken out of all that. We get peace as we walk through all that. Jesus put it this way in John 16, starting in 29. He and his disciples were talking. And the disciples said, at last, Jesus, you're speaking plainly and not figuratively. Now we understand that you know everything and there's no need to question you. From this, we believe that you came from God. Jesus asked, do you finally believe? But the time is coming indeed. It is here now when you'll be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Let me pause there for a minute. Have you ever thought of that? Jesus is laying these lives down for these guys for three years. He's healing their family members. He's raising the dead in front of them. He's feeding 5,000 people. They're seeing all these miracles. And all the time, Jesus knew in advance that when times got tough, they were gonna split and leave him sitting there by himself. That's lonely. That's hard. But Jesus said, but I will not be alone. Jesus had peace even in that moment because he says, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. There is your peace. Your peace isn't your circumstances. Your peace is your Savior. 33 says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, listen to this, here on earth you will not you may, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. This is the good news that we have that we can share with people is that yes, we know this world's hard. We know there are problems. We know there's sickness, there's disease, there's death, there's pain, there's broken relationships, there's broken families. We know this is there, but we can have hope because Christ has overcome the world. And you're a part of that. You need to know that. Wherever you live, work, and play, you are bringing this peace into the places that you are working and serving. Wherever you're at, you are bringing peace to those around you. When everybody at work is freaking out because, oh my goodness, they, there's gonna be layoffs, you can be the person of peace that says, you know what? God's still on the throne. I'm gonna trust him. When all falls apart on your plans for your vacation or your, your job or your college or whatever, you can still have peace. There's one thing I've learned is if the, the doors get closed in one direction, God's got a better one on the other one. I've just gotta have faith not to get so depressed and discouraged that that door got closed that I really wanted to walk through and trust that God really does have something better and he does. And sometimes, though, he's got to let us go through a hard season so that we can draw closer to him so we're ready for the next thing ahead of us. And then I want to encourage you to ask the question, how can you, how can you bring a little bit of peace to those around you? Here we are in the Christmas season. How can you bring a little peace to those around you? We were, we were at the dinner table. I didn't think much about it, but... I just, while we were there, we were eating with the 
with some folks around the table, and I asked one of the people at the table, I said, what is it that you love to eat? You know, we're just having a conversation. And this person said, well, my favorite things to eat are fried eggs. Now, I'm not a big fried eggs guy. I like mine scrambled, but, you know, it's okay. It's okay, fried eggs. That, that was their favorite thing, fried eggs. I said, really? I said, uh, do you, how much do you like them? She said, oh, well, I like them a lot, but we can't afford eggs. I was like, man, never been a day in my life I could not afford eggs. Not an American problem. Each morning, because we were staying at a basically an Airbnb, uh, they served us two eggs with our breakfast every morning. I'm just going to give the Holy Spirit the credit. It popped in my head. Tomorrow, bring those eggs. And so the, we went to the person cooking our meal and just said, hey, tomorrow morning, don't give us any eggs, but let us take those eight eggs with us. And so we took those eight eggs and gave them to her. You'd have thought somebody won the lottery. She pulled me aside and she said, teens have been coming here for 17 years. She said, I've never been asked what I needed. And she said, you're the first person to ever ask and then deliver. I was like, it was just eggs. <laughs> and in your life, you may think it's just eggs. Somebody's hurting, they're needing something, and really all they're asking for is, will you just reach out to my son and take him out to lunch? And you're like, that's not a big deal. I can take anybody to lunch, but you forget and you put it off because you don't think it's a big deal. But it may be what they need in that moment. Your family at Christmas time may be hurting because, man, maybe it's, maybe it's a strained relationship with parents or siblings, and the Holy Spirit may prompt and just say, hey, why don't you invite everybody to your house this year? And you go, I got a smaller house. It'll be a strain. But maybe somebody just needs a break. And you don't know that, that that's just what the Holy Spirit's saying they need in that moment. I don't know what it is. But here's what I know. Jesus gives peace to us. And then we can become instruments of his peace to others. And that spreads the peace. Not just at the time of Christmas but all year long, because God is a God of peace. But the last thing is the peace is found in following Jesus. Ephesians 2.14 says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people, when in his own body, on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Christ does that. His sacrifice on the cross is a testimony to us of God's love for us. His forgiveness, his grace, and the victory we can have. Philippians 4, 7. I'm bouncing around a couple passages here. It says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's what his peace does. It guards our heart and it guards our mind so that when we go through those difficult times, we know he's with us, we know this world is not the end game, and we know there's hope in all eternity. That gives us peace. When we look at our own abilities, when we look at our situation, and we look at all the problems, listen, 
I could name to you 10 problems right now, right, that, that we're dealing with in some, some shape or, or size. You could do the same thing, whether it's bills, whether it's a car with needs new tires, whether it's your, uh, your friend, best friend that's struggling with alcoholism, whether it's your, your family members got cancer. We've all got those things that are there. But what I want you to hear is that you connect with Jesus, give your life to Jesus, pray and listen for his voice each day, read his word. It's amazing to me how many times, and this is a tool I want to encourage you to consider, the Bible, the Bible app, the version Bible app, if you don't have it, download it. Man, when I'm really dealing with a stressful situation, if I can get away for 10 minutes and play a chapter or two and just lay there and listen to the words that Jesus read over me, there is something super peaceful that transcends all understanding because I realize God is still on the throne and he's been here for all eternity and he has promised that he would not leave me nor forsake me. I'm gonna invite you, would if, if you would, to stand. And uh, you, you got to see six people baptized this morning and those are six people who have said, Jesus Christ is now my Lord and Savior. Those are six people who said, I, I no longer want to find peace in my circumstances or peace in things that I seek after. I want to find my peace in Jesus Christ and have done so. And this morning, I want to ask you, do you have this peace? Do you have peace that no matter what storms come, no matter how hard the season gets, do you have peace knowing that Jesus Christ is your Savior and that he will comfort you in all things. If not, I want to give you a chance. Jimmy's going to come and, and play a song, and I, I want to give you a chance to come and, and surrender all. Maybe it's just you and God need to talk. Maybe it's just you, you know the Lord, but you've been trying to fix this problem yourself. Anybody else bad about trying to fix the problem before they take it to God? Yeah. Maybe you just need to come say, okay, God, I've been trying to fix this problem. I want to turn it over to you and, and begin to hear your way of fixing this problem. Maybe you need someone to pray with you on this side over here. If you come and you kneel over here, somebody's going to come with you. They're going to put their arm upon your shoulder and just say, how can I pray for you? And at that point, you can just share with them how you need prayer for peace or whatever it is you're asking prayer for. And then I'll be down front. And if you've never given your life to Christ, I'll be there to invite you to make that decision and help you walk through that. Or if there are several, I'll help, have someone else help me with that. And then in the back to my left is the prayer room. It's a place where you can have confidentiality and private. And if you just need to say, hey, I, I really need to un unpack something, will you pray with me? You can go in the prayer room and have some, a couple pray with you there. So I'll be down front. As Jimmy leads, you can sing the song, you can pray, you can come and pray for others, yourself. But let this time, let the Holy Spirit speak to you about peace. Hey guys, thanks so much for checking us out online today. If you want more information about the church or things that's going on here, be sure to check out theriverCC.com or download our app and visit us there. Also, as we go through the Bible this year, 
We want to help keep you engaged on what's being read and talked about each week. To do that, we have a podcast called The Word This Week, which will recap each week's readings, as well as have special guests who will talk about what God showed them that week. So be sure to check that out on all podcast streaming platforms. And again, thanks so much for checking us out online.